Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast. Great to be with you all, joined as always by the incredible human being, Scott Jenkins, creative director of Celtic Way, talking about, I don't know, I think a subject that it's one of my favorite things to listen to you talk about. And I I bet it's inspired by the fact that we're in the midst of the autumn season right now. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today? All right. (laughs) Whenever you do these opening announcements, I feel like I should put my Superman cape on or something. You should. I should. Yeah. So today we're talking about brokenness and beauty. It certainly does have a lot to do with the beauty of the autumn season for sure. I was invited sort of at the last minute. I was filling in for a speaker at Trinity United Methodist Church, and this was their theme. But after I presented there, and which was very well received, I've just been playing with it and thinking about it. And I think about it now in connection with walking my walk in the morning among these doggone beautiful trees that are just bursting with all sorts of colors and life and it's and change. And so it's really great. Backing up just a few decades to the 1980s, do you remember the 1980s? I do remember the 1980s. I was born in 76, so the 80s were, you know, my grade school, middle school days. I was in graduate school when you were in middle school. (laughs) And um, we had a visiting professor named Henry Nowen, and he really hammered home this thing about owning our our real personal stuff. And he talked a lot about woundedness and brokenness. and, And he talked about it in a way that was so vulnerable, so transparent, you know. I was not used to professors sharing on that deep level. And it just was so authentic. You know, you were just sitting there like, you know, I was like convicted, like, wow, yeah, I mean, I can relate to that in spades, you know. And at the same time, I thought, how do you keep your job and do all this stuff, you know? And (laughs) so one of the things he said was nobody, and he meant nobody, nobody escapes being wounded. Nobody is exempt from being broken. We are all wounded and broken people, whether we're talking physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. The question is never, how do we hide our wounds or our brokenness so we don't have to be embarrassed, so we don't have to be ashamed? The question is, how is God working in our life through our woundedness and our brokenness? not only to bring healing and move us towards wholeness, but how to get us to own our own very real story and not hide or distort it within ourselves or the way we express it to other people. That stayed with me for so long. Here I am now 70, of course, sitting in my chair, having figured all this out and arrived at a place of perfect peace and tranquility around all this, which is never the case for me, as you well know. <laughs> I think it's an interesting topic because we do, even even more so in the last decade or so, we suddenly 
have this culture that is really, really good at portraying themselves as having it all together. Yet yeah. all of us know that none of us have it together. And <laughs> I wish, I wish we'd just stop pretending like, like we do because it, you know, you talk so much about seasons and there is something that is just a, a reality that we'll all go through some of these challenges in life on a regular basis. It's, it's more just the acceptance of it. And like you said, discovering what we'll learn from that, yeah. that is the, the beauty of it. Because I, I feel like sometimes we run around and try to avoid hurt <laughs> and it's just well, it's unavoidable. Yeah, it's totally unavoidable. And I think maybe for our own ego's sake or for, you know, it, it's just like, there's so many things about me that I don't want you to know. <laughs> you know, right. and of course, we can't walk around and just bleed personal failure all no, over. No. I'm not saying that, but it's just it's it's. I'm reading this book, "The Wisdom of the Celtic Saints" by Edward Selner, and uh, it's really good. I'm so fascinated by it because these so-called Celtic saints, these holy people, men and women. Boy, they all have a track record that's a train wreck, you know? And then you read through their story and you can see how by this simple process of just being honest about who they are, about owning their own failures and sins, and most of them have soul friends, these Anamkaras, because so many times these saints, who I'm not sure they all talk to each other, but they would say, when you are surrounded by fear and anxiety, when, when you feel life is just being attacked, the healing balm for this, and they all say this, is a true friend. Not that you can, you can say to them just the good things about yourself and hide the other stuff, but that you can expose your entire journey. And through their acceptance and forgiveness, because they didn't wait for a priest to give them absolution and say, forgive, those friends would say, yeah, I want you to know God forgives you for this. And let's don't speak of it again. Let's move on. That is that healing, that soil of, of interaction and forgiveness begins to produce the fruit that comes from the wound. And it only comes from the wound. Some of the greatest gifts that these saints, these Celtic saints have, they would have never had them without the failures or the very difficult experiences that happen to them in life. All these things work together to produce these beautiful, down-to-earth, very human people where God could just really shine through them because they learned compassion for others by being compassionate to themselves. That reminds me, do you remember a number of years ago, some writings from Mother Teresa came out and I think were even published in a book and the yes. uproar that kind of the world <laughs> had because they couldn't believe that she had doubts about God or that she right. had, everybody just assumed that she, you know, just hovered around with a halo around her head. Right. And then when they released that, suddenly she became human, which I think was, I think probably really important for a lot of us to hear that, okay, here's this woman that we put up on a pedestal as the epitome of what it looks like to serve and, and to have humility and follow um, God. And yeah. even she was sharing about some of her real dark spaces in life. And then I think about the Bible and he, who in the Bible 
doesn't openly share about some pretty, pretty dark spaces. I mean, just read through the Psalms a little bit, right? And you would see some right. darkness in David. Oh, yeah. Paul yeah. always beating himself up, you know. And and then I stop and ask myself, so what am I doing? And by not being transparent, authentic with the people who are closest in my life, I guess it's because I always want them to think the best of me, you know. I if I had to come clean on the podcast about all the horrible things I've done in my life, it'd have to be more than one episode and we nobody would listen anymore. <laughs> that's how, yeah. well, that's I, think, how I feel. Yeah, right. I think we probably all feel that way, which is again why it's really important, as you mentioned, to have that close person to you that you can share some things with because we don't we all know those people who feel like they have to share everything with everybody. And I'm not so sure that that's helpful. And sometimes I get discouraged as well because I'm the only one that knows my thoughts. And so I can play the game all day long externally, but at the heart of it in my mind and in my heart, you know, I know both the goodness that's there, but also the, the challenges that are there. And that sometimes can cause us to get down. But again, that brings us back to, we don't have to use that as a way to feel horrible about ourselves. We use that as a, as a reminder that we're human beings that are flawed, that have great opportunity for healing. Right. No, that's exactly right. And, and I think that, you know, when I think about the, the, the verses are the same, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. You know, it's out of his own woundedness that we are healed in many, in many ways, metaphorical, symbolic, and real. Um, but it's just, it's just really, really ignited me. And it had to do with John O'Donohue's book, Beauty. I think I read it every other year around the time of autumn, you know. And one of the things that he says about beauty has to do with our approach to like every morning, every day, just approach to life. Because he says that when we approach life on a daily basis with reverence, and I will put in there like the word of awareness, right? Great things decide to approach us. I really like that. It opened me up even more I'm doing this class in a few weeks, and the topic is our interactive universe. You know, I used to always think of it as I'm seeing and I'm talking to. And what O'Donoghue is saying in a very mystical way, and I think it's very Celtic, I see it when I'm reading through the saints, it is such a meaningful dialogue that what we approach life with, reverence, sacredness. We see almost nature itself as a sacrament that God has provided to communicate with us. And that means like walking out my front door and beholding these trees uh, is just stellar, you know. And O'Donoghue points out that beauty is sort of God's calling card to us. You know, it's like, hey, I want your attention. Look. Okay, I'm looking. How can I not look? I can't help but look. There's 6th Avenue that we drive down in Denver very slowly this time of year. And the trees are so old, they grow over and across the street and form this time of year, this rainbow of a canopy. 
it's almost enough to make me stop the car, you know, and it's just like, what? And so that's the initial look. That's the attraction in us that God uses. Interesting. And I think about, you know how young men are, right? On a spring day, a warm spring day or summer day and see a beautiful woman wearing a short skirt and you're just, a, you can't help but look sometimes. I don't tell Susie or Chris that. But I would never. It, it happens only when I was in my 20s, I guess. And, um, <laughs> and, and God has this like seductive way of, of, of grabbing our attention. But then as time goes on, you know, you begin to enter into this mystical dialogue with God through seeing through beholding, to really look deeply into, and you see the colors, and you know at the same time that this beautiful color is a season. It's only going to last, and then it's going to change, and they're going to fall. They're going to release. They're going to let go. And you're walking along, and you're enjoying this, and you start thinking about letting go and releasing and then you realize that the struggle with owning your own life, your life that is nothing short and nothing but a gift from God, and walking along and you realize that it's a process of owning, that you never arrive, and that in the owning of your own life, you realize that we are owned by God all along, regardless of what we've done or who we've been. And every year we can ask ourselves the important question at this time of year, and that is, what do I need to release now? What is it that in the releasing I will find some healing, some direction? And so I go into my room and I make a list, a little here on Monday, a little there on Tuesday, more focus list on Wednesday, really dealing, struggling with this, praying over it. And then another question comes out of this, and it is, now that you've made this space, now that you've cleared a broader and deeper area for God to work, what will take its place? What are you called to do? And of course, this too is a very long process, because it's related to the leaves who let go release and fall into the ground now they have to under, undergo the process where they will re-enter the earth and they will contribute that's a question for winter right now i'm still struggling with i'm making space what am i going to do with that space yeah one of the things i think of too because you talked about letting go brings healing, but you had referenced the verse, it's for freedom that we've been set free. I think one of the greatest things that letting go does, even as difficult as it can be, it brings about a sense of freedom as well, because it's that yeah. thing that maybe you've been hanging on to for a long, long time that maybe in the back, like deep down, you've known it's been time to let that, that go, that whatever that is, everybody's that is different. Right. Right. And then understanding that when you do that, and let's not, let's not, let's not pretend it's not difficult. Right. But when you, we do that very, very difficult work of actually letting go, there's always a sense of freedom. You know, think about those leaves just coming down, just floating freely. Right. Around. Yep. Yeah. And you feel lighter. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like a spring or summertime lightness, but you feel like I just gotten rid of something heavy yeah. and, and, and I'm really grateful for that. 
And it all begins with our approach. You know, it's like ancient people had many, many rituals on how to approach life and the day and their different passages of life. The young men move into uh, young adulthood, and then they become uh, wise men in the tribe, you know, and then so on and so forth. And they have these rituals um, as they approach the new seasons of life. It's just so rich and good, you know, that we really think about not just the seasons of nature, but the seasons of our life, too. Like, you know, in the 80s, you were in middle school. I was in graduate school. So, yeah, different seasons are very, very real. When we walk on the earth with reverence and awareness, beauty will decide to trust us. Isn't that powerful? I mean, that's a direct quote from John O'Donohue. What an insight, because when you open the doorway, when your awareness opens our hearts, beauty is alerted, calls for our attention even more deeply, and says, I'm going to trust you with more than just a surface look. This beauty is going to be the thing, the tool that God uses to enter in and bring transformation to our life. Oh, I just love that. Yeah. When we become vulnerable, any ideal or perfect image of who we are falls away. We release and then what we open to is the acceptance of our own life that God has given as a gift and accepts us at the same time. I'm going to close today by alerting our listeners that Andy Rain, one of the key founders of the Northumbria community over in England, is going to be our guest very soon. And after that is Jonathan Stalls of Denver, who has just released his book called Walk to Connect. And that's just fascinating because I just did a presentation on St. Aidan, who walked everywhere he went. As I'm listening to what Aidan does, I'm, I'm looking at Jonathan and I'm like, this is the same thing Jonathan does. And before we really get tangled up into that, I can't wait to hear you on the podcast about your book, which I read, and I'm telling you, it ignited my whole thing about the humanity of our journey, and it inspired me to, to really enter into this whole conversation I've been having around uh, brokenness and beauty and being human. That was a, this is a great book. And oh, we'll thank get you to so it. much. We'll, now, get to, we'll get to it in due time, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I wish everybody a really special autumn this year, full of awareness and invitation. I hope you all have the courage to really run the risk of finding your freedom. Thanks for listening. To support the Celtic Way podcast, be sure to subscribe to it, give it a five-star rating, and write a review. And if you'd like to become a sustaining member, please go to our website at www.celticway.org. Find us on Facebook at Celtic Way.